It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the last july edition of the pff forecast it is july 31st we're recording a little bit of, uh a little bit later than normal this is monday monday afternoon of the first week of nfl football in the 2023 nfl season the hall of fame game happens this week we're uh nearing the end of our division previews we have the nfc north today which means we're going to talk about the bears and uh brad's going to give all of his get all of his uh reverse jinxes out of the way uh, before the season starts, we're going to talk about bets that we like both for the division, season long player props, other bets associated with uh, these teams. It'll be a great podcast. Let's rock. texting you guys on on saturday because i uh it'd been a while since i'd bet on horses and i went to the racetrack uh, out here in, in san diego del mar and um, i can happily report that my strategy which was very much influenced by you judah which was a go big or go home strategy um let's put it this way i didn't waste any time cashing any tickets that didn't make me a lot of money. And I say that to say that I also didn't cash any tickets that made me a lot of money. Um, so I need to go to school to learn how to bet on horses. Judah, I mean, Judah, if you want to jump in here, but uh, yeah, uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, go I ahead. mean, horses. Yeah. God knows. Look, the good news is football season's right around the corner. We've got yeah. games this weekend. The same game parlays are right around the corner. Can you do SGPs for the Hall of Fame game? Is that a, is that a market that's out there? I mean, if if it's not a market that's out there, what are we doing? You imagine trying to put those together as a book, like trying to figure out, <laughs> like your model must just you can't use it. You've got to just be like putting stuff together by hand at that point. Um, let me put it this way: my strategy, I I do know enough about horse betting, uh, horse racing, like I knew what I was doing uh, from a what the bets. Uh, you know, like the markets in, in horse racing are kind of confusing. You know, you can bet a bunch of different things, a bunch of different ways. My problem was I just had absolutely no clue about any of the horses. And it, I felt like probably most people do trying to bet on the NFL in one random week, like just rolling in and being like, I have no clue. Like I am reading these things that these people are writing about these horses and I don't know what to make of it. Um, I could have used PFF horse racing um, is, is really what I could have used. Um, so anyways, uh, we'll, we'll dig in, we'll, we'll do that next off season. We'll get into horse racing. This off season is quickly coming to an end. Um, 
I don't know if we uh, need to talk about any of the the Jonathan Taylor uh, intrigue that happened this weekend. Maybe it'll come up naturally. Um, there were some some funny stories uh, over the course of the last few days since we've last uh, chatted. Um, but let's let's go ahead and dive into the NFC North. So we're previewing each of the divisions from a betting perspective. Uh, the NFC North uh, is very interesting because I can't remember. Maybe Brad, you can. The last time that the Packers and the Bears had the same odds to win the NFC North, but that has happened this year. They're both plus 400. The Minnesota Vikings are plus 275. And your Detroit Lions are the favorite to win the division at plus 140. Yeah, I would imagine in 2019, after the Bears, uh, what, won 12, 13 games in 2018, that Chicago fan base bet down that number, and maybe they had even better odds than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers obviously then went 13-3, and three, three seasons in a row, uh, and the Bears and the glorious Mitchell Trubisky era came to an end. So that's probably the last time it's happened, uh, and it obviously was not a correct price, and maybe you could make the same case uh, this time around. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess maybe we'll we'll start there, Judah. Do you think that's fair? Should the Packers and the Bears have the same odds to win this division? Yeah, honestly, I do. I think it kind of comes from different directions, which is when you're setting a, a price here, you're probably going to look at the mean. But I think the Bears have a much kind of fatter right tail, which is the uh, I guess, upside of Justin Fields. I'm not really buying that. But if you are, kind of the progression of Justin Fields uh, allows for them to be much better than expected in addition to all their offseason moves. Whereas the Packers, I kind of see it as like the logic is this is a stable organization with a good coach. Uh, like, will Jordan Love be great? No, but they've got a pretty good defense, at least on paper. Uh, and they kind of have like a, a similar mean projection where it's like the rest of the teams are bad. Uh and the Packers can kind of sneak in. Um, but I don't see them as kind of having the same upside. So it's coming at, from different directions, which is like the Bears could be the Bears of the past couple of years and they'll stink. Uh, or the, the Packers are just going to kind of continue on the same path. There's not that much of a difference between Rogers' production last year and Love's production uh, next year, and they can kind of arrive at the same place. The... Um... The interesting, I, I forgot to mention this at the uh, at the top. I usually have for the others the implied probability for each of these. So the Lions, um, kind of doing this top of my head, but uh, the the Lions are at like forty two percent. The Vikings like 27 percent, um, and and the Packers and Bears both at at twenty percent um, to win the division. Um, so I guess like Brad, you're answering that that same question. Does it make sense for the Packers and Bears to be the same, and then maybe simultaneously, like which of these? if it's neither of those two are the most uh, mispriced. Yeah. I mean, I get why it is. Obviously there is, we, we should expect a drop off from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan love. But I think, you know, as you just talked about the 2022 version of Aaron Rodgers was a guy playing with a bad thumb on a throwing hand, uh, rib injuries or, or back or whatever else he was dealing with. It was not, you know, the back-to-back -back MVP, the 13 and three Aaron Rodgers of old. And then, they didn't change defensive coordinators. Like I would love to make the case and the argument that, okay, this defense now should be better. They are loaded with talent. Obviously take Lucas Van Ness in the first round prospect that I think is going to be a very good player at some point, but, but they kept the same coach. So anyway, though, I will say, I will argue. Yeah. Like I think you get back a healthy Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, you saw growth from their young receivers and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and the defense, you know, you'll get back Rashawn Gary at some point, so on and so forth. Look, it, is it partly because I'm a, tortured bears fan maybe but 
Um, I don't think that they should be, you know, the longest odds from the division. I know you, I know you like Minnesota. I, I get the case. The argument uh, sounds like Minnesota is actually talking to Dalton Risner, the guard right now. So maybe a, a signal of some bullishness there, but um, I don't think the Packers should have the, you know, tied for the longest odds to win this division. Um, they just, they're a, they're a well-run franchise with a lot of talent still, despite the loss of Aaron Rodgers. Shooter, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I agree. I just think that this is missing the point here in the discussion, and I'll just get us there, which is I think the Vikings are egregiously mispriced. Uh, like, by far, of all the divisions we've discussed, this one's off the most. Uh, this is the same odds they had last year uh, when the Packers were, you know, juggernauts in the division. Rodgers is coming up back-to-back MVPs. If anything, the Vikings are the most stable organization uh, in the sense of, like, Everyone jokes about them being in the middle of every graph, which is we know exactly what we're going to get from Cousins in this team on offense. And I think the biggest offseason addition here in the division is Brian Flores is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. And I don't think we can kind of overstate how important that is. This was a defense that was absolutely atrocious. They were ninth in EPA per play allowed on defense. By my numbers, uh, earned drive points. They were third worst. This is a team that allowed so many plays, and we capitalized that in our, in our SGPs. Uh, but I think the the addition of Flores is going to kind of adjust this defense. He was one of the best defensive coordinators uh, in the league with – or defensive play callers in the league with Miami. The talent is, like, fine. I don't think it's egregiously bad. They definitely have good edge players. Hunter's still good. Davenport's good. Uh, and on offense, we know exactly what we're going to get, which is, like, a totally fine offense. They were ninth by my numbers. Like, what's going to change? If anything, they'll probably get a little better at – they're going to replace the corpse of Adam Thielen with – Jordan Addison, if anything, there's upside there. There's no downside. He's not been worse than Thielen was last year. Uh, you've got a full year of TJ Hawkinson. The tackles are amazing. Uh, I just see this as like a pretty solid team. And when the rest of the NFC North is just full of question marks, I like the line. I, I like the Vikings. Uh, I guess I should finish this, my, my long little rant here. But it's like, okay, if I like the Vikings, but like, what about the Lions? It's like, I played at his ceiling last year. You're looking at a team that does not have a ton of talent, certainly not on defense. And on offense, we've kind of illustrated this over and over and over again, that Amon Ross St. Brown is really the only weapon they have. It was like, you're relying on Ben Johnson and Jared Goff to kind of return the same 90th percentile outcome now? I don't think so. I'm I'm glad that you said this because I had one point that I was going to make during this entire preview, and that was it. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before. The Vikings, to sum it up, I do this with every single division. You look at the two teams. Why why are the Lions a better team than the Vikings? Why are the Vikings not the favorite in, in this division? I, I think I think they should be. You know, maybe it's very close. You know, it's not like an overwhelming, um, you know, situation here. I, I can understand that. I could see them both being, you know, what it would end up being like plus 200 or somewhere around there. Um, I, I think you could make that case. But Let's let's take a look at the key positions, the really important positions. Quarterback. I know Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate, and we're going to need to talk about this quarterback documentary here. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, okay? Let's look at pass catchers. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL, okay? Amon Ross St. Brown is great. He's not in Justin Jefferson's tier and probably not in the second tier either, okay? Um, TJ Hawkinson, really good tight end. We profited from him quite a bit. Is Sam Laporta going to be good? Yeah, maybe he'll be okay. But like TJ Hawkinson is a top four, top five tight end. Jordan Addison, 
highly picked player, right? As you said, replacing a guy that was clearly at the end of his, his run. Okay. So wide receivers, quarterback, Vikings have the edge. Okay. Let's go to the offensive line. Lines have really good offensive line. The Vikings offensive line, which has been a disaster. Okay. On paper is not a disaster. They have, as you mentioned, two great tackles, the players on the interior, while they haven't been amazing, also haven't been a total liability either. You look at Ezra Cleveland, he's actually done just fine, 73.4 PFF grade. You can see all these, by the way, at pff.com, the PFF Plus subscription. Garrett Bradbury's been a little bit of a journey at center. Uh, and right guard, Eddingham's not very good. He's their weak, weak point. So I'll give the slight edge to uh, to the Detroit Lions, who have a, a pretty solid set of, uh, of of linemen, but again, also a, a risk over there at the guard position on the right side. Okay, what about the defense? I think the big thing that you would make, the big kind of qualm you would have, is that the secondary of the Lions is, on paper, certainly better than the secondary of the Vikings, who, have, who were not good last year. But what do we know about defense, in particular coverage? It is very hard to predict from year to year. And I think you make a great point, Judah, around the defensive coordinator. Generally, what you see is these coordinators come in and things, whether it's the coordinator or whether it's the just way that football works, those things tend back to the mean. So you could make a case this year that it would be, well, the Lions clearly have an edge there uh, on paper. It's probably foolish of you to predict it with a lot of certainty going forward. And so what I think we've just balanced out is at every position that matters, the Vikings have a big advantage. And the one place that the Lions clearly have an advantage, you probably can't predict with a lot of certainty. So I just don't understand how you show up and say that the, the Lions are the favorite. I love the Vikings here. I absolutely love the Vikings here. I think there is a chance that the Vikings have a a top five, maybe even top three offense in, in the NFL. I think that's in the, the realm of possibility here um, for, for this team. Second year with a really good offensive line. Um, a, an improvement on on both pass catching and offensive line. I think it's it's possible. Yeah, I just I think be the argument. Go, oh, go ahead, Judah. Go ahead. Yeah, just very quickly on that. Uh, the point about the secondary, and this is something I, I researched last summer, which is that more so than anything else, and a player's talent is actually the positions that a, a cornerback is placed in, which is kind of exactly to the point of like Brian Flores is going to put these guys in better positions than they have been in the past. The other thing I just like the way I'd frame this is like, would it shock anyone if Jared Goff finishes? I don't know, let's use EPA for instance, like 25th in EPA next year. No, it wouldn't shock anyone. Would it shock you if Kirk Cousins did? Absolutely. Like the guy is a the definition of of stable and just like fine. I, I just the floor is way higher in addition to the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the defense can't. Minnesota's defense cannot be worse to a degree i guess detroit's can't either what i was going to jump in there really quickly and say is obviously we're going to make this case of minnesota um you know just regressing because of the 11 one score wins all those various things we did guess up ben johnson he deserves all of that um he's obviously a phenomenal offensive coordinator and play caller you could argue though the fact that they were number one in the nfl in goal to go situations had the second fewest turnovers second fewest sacks allowed um, and we're third in conversion rate on third and fourth and seven plus again, that could be because Ben Johnson's awesome. It could also regress because those are a lot of, you know, unstable things that like you talk about, maybe we already kind of saw them max out a lot of what they can do. They get better on defense, but the offense maybe isn't as, you know, able to take advantage of all those little edge cases like that. Yeah. I didn't even really think about that. Cause that that's true. That point I think is being weighted, right? 
fully for Minnesota right in this and and not so for for Detroit because we're like it's like we're so enamored with the Dan Campbell show and it's hip it's like you know I, I lived in um in 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 Brooklyn back when like Williamsburg was was on the come up and for those of you who are not familiar like the hipster revolution started in in Williamsburg Brooklyn and it's gotten to the point where it's just a huge joke now right like it was oh it's a cheaper place to live than Manhattan and like it's kind of fun and whatever and like it's good for the artists because they can afford it and now it's like just as expensive as, as Manhattan and it's a complete you know it's a complete joke but but the hipster kind of thing it's like you know it, it's hip to like certain things right and I think Eric has made this point a few times um, although I'm not sure he fully understood what what hipster meant but he articulately pinpointed that certain teams become like the hipster pick right. And like the chargers are always like a hipster team out there. Ironically, I think Eric is responsible for a lot of the Detroit lions hipsterness. And so, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the pot calling the kettle hip, I guess is, is where we're at. Um, but I do believe it's, it's just very hip to like the lions. You know, there's a lot of math that likes the lions. Um, there's a lot of math to your point, um, that doesn't like the Vikings. I think it's very easy for us not to like Kirk Cousins. Um, and one of my takeaways from watching quarterback, by the way, is I think there's a reason that Kirk Cousins is so stable. Now, he might be stable as like the seventh or to 12th best quarterback in the NFL, but that's worthwhile. And that stability, I do think, shows up week to week. And you see that in his preparation. The dude is like the most boring guy on the planet, but that helps right? Like he's incredibly consistent in terms of what he does from a week to week basis. And, and that helps a lot. And you saw also that he played through a lot of injury last year. So maybe he gets a little bit better luck with, with some improvement to, to the offensive line. Um, I cannot believe that I'm a Vikings uh, supporter this year. I didn't think the day would ever come. I mean, I guess to the um, point, I think what you're doing real quick is just the fact that at a certain point when everyone catches on to these edges, right? So uh, three, four years ago, five years ago, the whole one score win thing, I'm not going to say it was new. I'm sure there were sharp betters out there that monitored those things. But like, as soon as it becomes commonplace and part of the dialogue of everyone betting the sport, maybe now you're kind of just like, you're there's an overcorrection and you're just kind of going against a you know a, a trend now that's become like spoken of as fact um, when you can, you know, find other ways to look into it as well. That's a good point. Okay, so we've talked about the Vikings um, and the Lions here. I guess, what is your guy's favorite way to bet this uh, sort of hypothesis, right? Is it, you know, are, are we fading the Lions here? Is there, is it simple as just betting the Vikings to win the division? Um, start with you, Judah. How do you like to approach this? Yeah, this is like picture perfect for me betting the Vikings division here. Uh, I think it's just the as I said, a horrible mispricing, uh, which is, you know, some fundamental value there, but also it's, it's a natural fade for me of the Lions, Packers, and Bears, who I think you can, you know, maybe talk yourself into a tails angle for each. I think it's certainly stronger for the Bears uh, than any other team, but uh, the Vikings to me are just so, so mispriced just based on the market that I, I got to take that. Yeah, I, I would agree on the division bet. Obviously, we'll get into other ways to bet it. If I was betting a division winner, it, it would also be Minnesota. Are you thinking at all about 
a, an extra fate of the Lions, Brad, or are you just stick you're sticking with the division for the for the Vikings? I think, I mean, the way I'm fading them, I suppose, would be some of the props and the way I'm playing them. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Aiden Hutchinson's under sacks, but also, um, I still think the defense is going to be pretty bad. I think it's even better than last year, um, but they were, I think, 30th in EPA per play allowed. So, yeah, they'll be 22nd or whatever instead. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, I'll just get into it. So, um, I'm on Rob Brown. We've all, I'm on Rob St. Brown. We've also talked about a bunch. Judah, I want to say, has a bet on him to, was it over, like, 950 receiving yards is what it was. Uh, it's now over 1,000, by the way. I would imagine, thanks in part to you. Um, I think it's, like, 1,005 yards, something I was just looking at it. But, um I also like he is 18 to one, which is the eighth longest odds to just lead the NFL in receptions, not receiving yards, because obviously he's going to have a seven, eight yard average at the target. But I, it's me fading their defense being that much better because they're, they're still going to be throwing a ton. It's me fading that Jamison Williams is going to return from suspension and be great because apparently he's fighting in practice with teammates as of today. Like, I just I don't know. Don't have a whole lot of faith in him coming in and being this this great weapon. Yeah, he had some great splash plays last year. But anyway. I think it's he could still have 180 targets and 135 catches uh, because they're playing the same style of football as they were last year, which is you know not an, not necessarily a compliment. Yeah, right. It's like the the type of offense which looks great on paper because they're kind of always behind a little bit yeah. and needing to sort of air it out and like that. I remember. I mean, I remember that first um, week, right? They played the Eagles. I believe it was week one, and. That game ended up being kind of close. And we sort of talked about that game a lot with respect to the Eagles, where it's like the Eagles defense just always lets teams back into it. You know, they've always let teams back into it. And it turned out, you know, that the Chiefs kind of stomped all over them. Um, but I think that was also kind of indicative of the way that the Lions played, where you came out of that going, hey, like I remember it. Like you came out of it going, hey, the Lions might be for real because they almost won, right? It's like, yeah, hey, honey, like, you know, we almost won that same game parlay that sent us to, to Mexico for a week, you know, but uh, was just one short. And it's like, well, there's like a big difference between, you know, going five for five and going four for five, right? There's a big difference between winning that game and, and just covering in the last three minutes when you really weren't kind of threatening uh, to win. So I, I think that is a really good point. All right, we're going to get to, um, we'll talk a little Packers and Bears here in a second. Before we do, a reminder that if you are a new listener of the podcast uh, and you have not yet joined our printing press Discord, become a member of the press, an esteemed member of the press. Uh, now is about as good a time as any. It, August start to heat up. Can be a lot more action in there. Um, certainly on a week to week basis. Once the season gets started, it is the place to be in terms of making sure that you've got every single bet that you need to place that you're hearing from Judah, Brad, myself, and then all of the other really smart people that are in there who, uh, you know, have their finger on the pulse of betting the NFL. And you can get some really cool merch. I actually, Brad, I sent out, I went to the, the post office this weekend and I dropped off our first set of hats, uh, printing press hats. Here's what they look like. Sweet little printing uh, printer emoji, little PFF logo. Uh, and we're shipping these out uh, to some winners. So you can go jump into the Discord. There is a channel with merch giveaways. Um, Brad has has kindly become the czar of the merch giveaway. So he runs that with an immaculately ironclad fist, uh, pun intended there. Um, and you can find out how you can enter to get uh, some merch. But the link is in the description of the YouTube channel. It is also on the tweets that we send out. So go join the Printing Press Discord. We'll be sending out uh, some more merch this week. Uh, also, 
DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to talk about some bets. We've already talked about a few. You can go check those out and bet on them at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. But you can also play best ball, which if you didn't know, uh, now you know, $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes with the best ball millionaire contest at DraftKings. And if you use promo code PFF, you can get your first um, entry fee back in $10, 10 DK dollars. So you can then bet those uh, on the bet of your choice. Best ball, as you hopefully know, is a great way to prepare for the season without having to then set your lineup, add and pick up and trade players. Because what you do is you draft a good team and then the best players on your team, the top scorers are the ones that count every single week. And at the end of the year, you can win money up to a million dollar top prize. In fact, if you go play at DraftKings. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Go use promo code PFF, sign up for the DraftKings. Best ball millionaire to get your share in $10 million worth of prizes and uh, capitalize on all of the good knowledge that you're getting from us here. Gambling problem, call 100 gambler, one per customer, opt to require $10 entry, bonus issued at 10 get dollars, age and eligibility restrictions supply, void, or prohibited see DraftKings.com slash promotions for details ends 8, 9, 23, which is just a few days away. All right. Let's talk Packers and Bears. I think you you put this um, well, Judah, but I, I don't know if it's as uh, cut and dry as maybe most people would think it is. I'm going to ask this question. Who does have a higher ceiling here? Is it the Packers or the Bears? And I'm relying on you, Brad, to take your Bears onesie off and think about this really critically. And if you do think it's the Bears, that's fine. But you're going to have to do a little bit better than Justin Fields is going to be a top six fantasy quarterback in your analysis. Yeah, no, I would like to say that. I, I I mean, Judah made the case for the tail outcome just for the perspective of expectations versus what they could actually do. Um, because I think they're, I, even though their division odds are the same, I do think the season win total was six and a half for Chicago. And we started talking about it. And I want to say eight or eight and a half for Green Bay. So I agreed with, you know, if you want to play an alt or do whatever, maybe you could argue Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think Green Bay has a higher ceiling in 2023. I just think the supporting cast is just a, a better at most places. I, I think the Bears legitimately might have the worst defense in the NFL again this season. Um, I think they did last year. Personally, I think they were 31st in EPA per play allowed, but, you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the offense is going to get better. I do. But, I mean, the Packers, again, yes, you lose Rodgers. But Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, I like. They add a second and third round tight end, a second round wide receiver. The offensive line gets healthy, is full of good players. And the defense, man, if they, if they fire the defensive coordinator, I probably, I probably would have bet on them four to one to win the division. But for whatever reason, they let him keep his job. Um, but, yeah, I think they're a better football team, you know, on paper, top to bottom. Judah, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I'd make a different case for the Bears, which is not really about Justin Fields. I actually think it's more so about the receivers and what that can unlock in the offense, which is Fields last year. Uh, I think the main difference between 2022 and 2021 was that he was electric kind of scrambling. Uh, and he he took the same number, uh, PFF charts, uh, scrambles, even those that don't actually, like they could be passes, like we scramble out of pressure uh, to the right or to the left. That could be a run, it could be a sack, it could be a pass. Uh, but think about it like the scrambles within the pocket. Uh, and Fields EPA went from like negative 0.4 in 2021 to positive in 2022, which was like seventh best in the league. The guys at the top are, are the ones you would think of. Uh, I think that should kind of continue to progress, which is Fields is not forcing balls into tight windows at the same rate. Uh, the drop-off was about 8%. Uh, and that kind of, the difference between the 15% to 8% tight window throws 
actually turned into field scrambles where he's at his best. It still takes too many sacks, but still a positive EPA player there. Uh, where I think the offense can be unlocked is the additions of uh, DJ Moore and I guess a healthy Darnell Mooney, which is, this is something I, I've studied in the past, which is that deep passing is actually less about the passer and more about the receiver. Uh, and and mm. DJ Moore every year has been one of the best deep ball players. We know Dar- Darnell Mooney uh, can win deep. Here is where I think it gets interesting, which is like if they can kind of unleash a deep passing game, and there's little to suggest that Fields doesn't throw a good deep ball. His, his deep grades have been good. Uh, you can start to see a bunch of these explosive plays and then the second order effects of that, which is that like the bears are always going to have a higher rush expectation because Justin Fields is their quarterback uh, and, and defenses have to respect the run. If you look at any rush yards over expected model, the expected yards per carry of any bears running back is way higher uh, than most other teams, which is like, if you combine an explosive passing attack with a rushing attack that can gain five, six yards at a time, that's a recipe for a really good offense. And I think it actually has less to do with fields and more so with DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool getting open deep. I'm not so sure how I feel about, you know, relying on DJ Moore at, at this age. Uh, you know, Darnell Mooney's on still unproven. He's good, he's good deep, and Chase Claypool has been a terrible separator. I think there's a case for it, but I think we kind of have to reset it at expectation. Yes, these are NFL players, but they're still not great receivers. And I'm not sure that will kind of be the unlocking of Justin Fields. Uh, otherwise, there, there's nothing really to suggest he's going to take a magical, you know, leap in his third year. It, it's interesting. And, you know, thinking about it from last year's perspective, I know we had this view with DJ Moore uh, on the Panthers. And, you know, there, there are a couple things that I think come into play here. One is we know that Fields holds onto the ball for a while. Theoretically, if you could get, you know, some decent uh, – some decent pass blocking and, you know, you, you figure then there will be players downfield for him to actually throw the ball to. So he's certainly going to at least wait um, to, to get the ball down there. Um, and I, I think you're right in terms of what we saw from fields, especially as a, as a college player as well is, you know, when he has the opportunity to throw, it, it's not as if he's not an accurate thrower of the football. And I know the comparison has been made a lot to the Josh Allen's Von Diggs thing. I'm not sure it's the perfect example here in, in large part because I don't think DJ Moore is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, one of the best route runners in the NFL. And so while he can go deep, it's really the fact that he's always open um, that really kind of, I think, changed uh, that offense and allowed, you know, Josh Allen and his improvement to really shine. I'm not saying that that's a Justin Fields thing, but I look at the Packers and it's interesting. Do you guys feel that same sort of opportunity is there for Jordan Love? Like, how do we feel about, Romeo Dobbs. And then most importantly, I think Christian Watson, Christian Watson, 77 PFF grade ended up being 24th out of 113 wide receivers. And I was having this conversation with a few people this, this weekend. It was like, is Christian Watson really a number one guy? I know he put up some really good numbers, but like, is he a number one guy? And, um, you know, is that something that, uh, that, that we can kind of bank on Jordan love being able to take advantage of this year? Or is he more of a kind of one-trick deep pony? I'm curious what your guys' take is on that because if you do feel he's he's someone that could be a number one, I think that same maybe that same narrative could apply to to a Jordan Love. I'll just I'll jump in real quick. As always, I think I probably disclaimer this every time I say it. Uh, you know, I try to read as many beat reporters as humanly possible, find out who's credible, who's reliable, who is pumping a bunch of you know cope and uh, positivity and and vibes. 
he Jordan Love apparently loves Romeo Dobbs. That he he targets him nonstop. It's his favorite go-to guy. It was last year as well. I think Watson's the clear better player. I'm not making that argument in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I don't think he's just a downfield threat one-trick pony. I think it's just kind of how he was used because of concussions and the knee or whatever he dealt with last year, where I think Rodgers probably said, just let this kid run go routes because he doesn't know what else he's doing, but I want him on the field because he's such a good athlete. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think you could maybe bet Romeo Dobbs if you want, as a sort of fade of a Watson where I think his number is 825 and a half is Watson's. Um and Dobbs is 550 and a half. It, it caught my eye um, because I, I do wonder the same thing. And I wonder, Rodgers may more, un, more more comfortable uncorking the deep ball. Uh, does Jordan Love maybe more just look to check it down or not, you know, check it down, but just not always look that way. Um, and then just last piece on the fields thing. Judah has put out a bunch of cool graphs. You should all go check them out on Twitter. Uh, the one this past week talking about, um, you know, how often quarterbacks are throwing to, you know, perfectly covered or, or maybe not perfectly covered, covered or uncovered, you know, players and Fields is off in a quadrant of his own because I still don't think he's comfortable throwing unless a guy is already open, not coming open, not he's throwing them open, either they're open or he, he doesn't see them as a target until that changes his, his average time to throw is going to be over three seconds. So, um, and, and I don't know that these, you know, Claypool doesn't change that. I think more can separate, you know, to a degree. But like you said, it's not Stephon Diggs. Uh, they're good players. I'm not sure they're, you know, Tyree kills Stephon Diggs of all players. Yeah. I'm glad we, we reached the kind of same conclusion there. I will say that I'm totally disagree on the Christian Watson front. And we definitely gave out on the podcast the over, over 750. I'm glad to see it's now uh, 825. I think that Christian Watson has... And I guess in in some ways, actually, to take a step back, this is almost the case for Justin Fields rather than Jordan Love, which is like, I want to look for a guy who's got elite traits such that uh, if the other stuff kind of gets up to speed, like if Justin Fields becomes a fine passer, the fact that he's an elite scrambler makes a difference. I don't see that with Jordan Love at all. And that's kind of why I'll I'll, uh, go with with Fields there uh, and the Bears uh, for that matter. To take it back to Christian Watson now, which is, this is a guy, I, I think I posted this chart a couple months ago, who has a very high A dot, or at least last year, had a very high A dot and a very high yards after the catch, which should be kind of inverted because the, uh, you know, shorter the pass, the more room you have for yards after the catch. That's generally the way the plays are designed. He did not have that. He kind of has that rare combo of a guy who can uh, beat you downfield on a 50 yard go, Brad, as you said. But also, I'm thinking like even the Sunday night football game against the Eagles, where he takes a crossing pattern and, and takes it 60 yards to the house. Uh, and I think he's got kind of that rare skill set that he can win uh, a bunch of different ways, which is like definitely after the catch, definitely deep. Uh, he also is one of the best at the, insofar as this is a stable year over year, uh, he's 99th percentile in, in contested catch percentage. This is a guy who has elite traits. Small sample, don't necessarily know if that will hold over the course of a season, but I'm definitely willing to bet that this guy has wide receiver one upside just because every way you look at it from separation to yards after patch to deep to contested catches, this guy is graded really, really well. Earning targets, he had a 25% target share. I want to see it over the course of a full season before I'm ready to you know, go gung-ho as I am for, for a guy like Chris Olave. Um, but I definitely think if you're going to you know make the case for the Packers, it's got to be that like this guy becomes a, you know, elite number one receiver and that can kind of hide a bunch of love's uh, shortcomings. Cause I don't, I'm not buying a Romeo Dobbs or whoever uh, Jalen or whoever else the, uh, the Packers are trotting out this year. We're going to ask if you guys are buying uh, Jordan love here in just a second before we do. Um, if you're buying love in general, 
Um, one of the ways to do that is to make sure that your family is able to stay around for a very long time. So you can love them, of course, uh, long after the football season is over, because you probably won't see them a whole lot during the football season. And to do so, you should make sure that you have good term life insurance. I know that's not something that you're expecting to hear from someone like me who doesn't have any kids, but as a kid myself, I can appreciate a family that takes care of their own. And so if you're looking to sit down, relax, and enjoy some football this summer, and this fall and this winter and make sure that your family is in a good position to stay around and be happy and healthy. Go to Fabric and Gerber Life. They can help you get a life term, um, term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. All you have to do is download an app or go to the URL that I'm about to tell you. It takes you less than 10 minutes and you can get a great affordable quote that you can then sign up for, relax, kick back and enjoy some football. Go to metfabric.com slash forecast. That's M2E's a T fabric.com slash forecast and get on your way today to get your family covered in less than 10 minutes. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right. So the Jordan Love question, his uh, passing number, passing average number is at 33.50 and a half. To give you some uh, kind of comparison points there, Deshaun Watson, 36.50 and a half. Daniel Jones, 33 uh, and a half. So just slightly below uh, both uh, CJ Stroud is below him, 31, 25 and a half. That's a little bit, uh, Jordan Love's number is a little bit lower than Bryce Young's at 34 uh, and a half. So definitely at the bottom end uh, of the spectrum, Kenny Pickett, 33 uh, and a half. Um, below Lamar Jackson is at 35 and a half. Are you guys buying, you just talked about the wide receivers there. I think there is reason to buy those receivers would you buy Jordan Love this year? Brad, we'll start with you. Very hard for me to do. Um, I think for a couple reasons. So first and foremost, yes, it's Aaron Rodgers. He is Aaron Rodgers. But, um, you know, I think there would have been a different tone of maybe working out a trade in the in the past. I get he made it complicated with back-to-back MVPs um, and division titles, so hard to argue against that. But the bigger thing for me is – and I'm sure Packers fans are going to hear this and go on a rant against me for the 1,000th time. The contract Jordan Love agreed to was him betting against himself. That is a, that is that is a the only takeaway that an unbiased – this isn't a Bears fan, Brad. I That's my job. Like, you had a fifth-year option on the table for just over $20 million. Yes, is it smart to get some cash in hand and, and also have assurances and protect against yourself? Of course. But a quarterback that thought he was stepping into a situation – with a good offensive line, good receivers, a great play caller, et cetera, would say, fuck you, I'll go play on my fourth year, and I'll go make $250 million on a five-year contract. Again, I'm being a bit hyperbolic. But it was just such a strange approach to that situation. And also, the only way that conversation starts is if Green Bay says, we're not comfortable picking up your option, comma, however... We'll do this. And, and that, again, is just if he was lighting it up in practice and looked like Patrick Mahomes the year behind Alex Smith, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had an issue picking up an option. I just yes, I'm reading tea leaves. Yes, it's kind of based on vibes or whatever, but it just something stinks there a little bit uh, to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it you kind of have to go off vibes. The guy has like 75 <laughs> career dropbacks uh, and he's like 25. So you can't really talk about his college stats anymore. I mean, the guy hasn't shown anything. It's been horrible when he's played. Uh, I've, I've got the raw numbers in front of me, but it's a negative 0.04 PFF grade, which is a disaster. His accuracy is uh, would be among the league worst. He's got you know three times as many turnover-worthy plays as big-time throws. Uh, I'm not 
look, I, it's like, it's a, such a small sample that I, I don't have much conviction here, but it kind of gets back to the point where it's like, yes, Christian Watson can be an elite receiver. He's not right now. He's got elite traits. And the rest of the, like, the offense line isn't that great. I think we kind of, you know, David Bakhtiari, great, terrific player. Is he going to be healthy? I have no idea. Uh, the guy's been out. If you're just looking at their, like, offense, it's not particularly good. Like, yes, Rodgers is going to make your line a lot better when he's getting rid of the ball very quickly. If Jordan Love, uh, you know, is holding the ball for too long, it's going to take too many sacks. And I don't think, yes, he's got a good coach, but, like, these receivers leave a lot to be desired. And I don't see any reason to buy. Like, where's the buy signal here? If anything, we've got a small sell signal. How are you guys betting that? And let's get into kind of the bets that we like here. Is there a kind of fade Jordan Love bet that that you guys like? Um, and if not, uh, we can move on to to the other bets that we like for this division. Just the, the passing yards one, it's it's 30, 33.50. Um, it's just too low, I think, to take the under there. And then the touchdowns, I want to say is, I think you could play the touchdowns maybe more so than the passing yards. Um, but yeah, I, I think the prices are correct. So I, I haven't, you know, felt strongly about take about fading Jordan Love. I just wouldn't probably bet on the Packers, uh, you know, in any way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and dude, are you taking like an alt under or anything as well? Is there a- no, I trust I mean the he can I see the Packers as being a team that can kind of grind out a bunch of ugly one score games on the backs of a good defense and a fine running game. Uh, I definitely trust their coaching staff. Um, I'm not comfortable. I, I feel like the implied probability in their division, uh, and I, I feel like that should go more towards the Vikings. Uh, that's kind of my fade angle. And like as Brad said, like 3,300, if you start 17 games, you're, you're probably going to get 3,300 yards, even with uh, pretty minimal mm. efficiency. Um, I'll just take the you know, second-order effect sell of a uh, Vikings division. All right, let's get to, let's close this out here. Um, other bets that we like uh, across the division, uh, Brad. I'll start with you. Yeah, well, this might a little bit go against some of the conversation we've had, but I, I do think the number is a touch too low um, on Justin Fields' passing yards. And I would say again, it, part of this bet is me thinking that they're going to give up thirty points a game again this year. Uh, it's twenty eight fifty uh, and a half, and I also don't think DJ Moore is Stephon Diggs, but. I mean, Chase Claypool also was basically a non-factor last year. Once he came over from the trade, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be something uh, in this offense next year. So you had a legit number one in DJ Moore. You had a upside number three, low end number two. And I do think Donald Moon is a pretty darn good football player. So again, it's it's not saying they're going to win games, but I, I do think he'll throw for 3,200 yards, <laughs> you know, ideally at least. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Yeah, I've got a, a an exotic one. It wouldn't be on brand if not. I think you can find this on FanDuel. That's the Bears to score one rushing touchdown every game. You can get that at 70 to 1. Uh, the Bears were one of the run heaviest teams, naturally. Uh, kind of within the five yard line, I think they they ran over expected like 20% of the time, uh, which means they're basically running 70, 80% of the time there. And this is a team that as Brad said, I don't think this defense is going to be particularly good. They're going to have to play in catch-up mode a lot. Uh, and I think their offense is going to be fine. Even just like when they started running fields, which was the week seven game against New England, where like his design rushes went from zero to like six or seven a game. This was an average offense. I think by EPA, they were there. By my, you know, earned drive points metric, they were 15th. They're going to be at least fine enough on offense. That, like they'll be in scoring possibility uh, a bunch of times a game and, just like betting on Justin Fields' legs and, and this offensive line, 70 to one. 
this is like price like an offense that uh, you know it's the Texans or something, uh, and it's not going to score. They'll definitely have rushing opportunities inside the five every single game. That's a really interesting one. You said it's 70 to one. 70 to one. I love that bet real quick. Just cause I, I also think there's so there's not, I'm going to say there's no fragility, but like there are four running backs deep, obviously fields is a factor of that bet as well. DJ Moore and Chase Claypool kind of get some carries here. Like they have a lot of options for guys that can carry the football. Uh, and I think they're going to weaponize that a ton for sure. Uh, that's a good point. Um, okay, I've got I, I've got two that are um, kind of Vikings. If you if you want to look for something a little more um, on the tail side of things for the Vikings, so you mentioned the the other quarterbacks that, that are around. So you've got Justin Fields. He holds on to the ball for a while. You've got Jordan Love, who I think you know we're expecting to have some uh, some some struggles. Um, Jared Goff, not exactly the most elite or fleet of foot. I think Daniil Hunter is an interesting thought around um, uh, leading the league in sacks. An offense that is good, so they could have some leads. Um, and then you've also got Marcus Davenport over there on the other side. I think the question, you know, is is just do you feel like Hunter has kind of been a good spot with the team? Is he going to, you know, he's not going to do anything crazy, is he? And I defer to you, Brad, on that. But he is 30 to 1 to lead the league uh, in sacks there. Do you think there's do you think there's a case, I guess, Brad, like just making sure there's nothing that we should sort of be wary of with Hunter? No, I think that when healthy, I mean, that's actually a bet I really like because we've talked about, again, not to always harp on our guy, Aiden Hutchinson, but, you know, the Vikings might play 650 pass rush snaps this year. Uh, it's the same mm -hmm. kind of principle that that could lead to it. He's got to stay healthy, which he did last year. Um, Marcus Davenport also being healthy would be helpful. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's a I, I like that idea. Aiden Hutchinson is 18 to one. Dan, uh, Daniel Hunter is 30 to one. And that's, that's, you know, one, I think that's kind of egregious. Um, the, the other one uh, that I like is another league leader. And this is looking at, at Kirk Cousins. So if you think the, the defense is still going to be a complete nightmare, um, then let's take a look at the kind of passing game for the Vikings. No Dalvin Cook, you know, I don't think anyone has a problem with Alexander Madison, but there's less of a reason to force feed a guy that isn't a, you know, top pick, right? Uh, which I think we always talk about here on, on this podcast. He's 10 to 1 to lead the league in passing yards. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, who's now injured a little bit, are all ahead of him. Um, and you look at some of the players around, you know, him there. I mean, this is why I like that Sam Howell play. We talked about it, Judah, um, last week. Uh, but you know, as far as guys that are efficient and are going to have uh, teams that could still be playing from behind a decent amount, I'm not sure that there are any players in that top group um, that, that actually fit the bill as well as Cousins. So, um, look, if their defense ends up really making big strides, then maybe this doesn't become uh, an option here. But uh, this is kind of one way to sort of bet on the top end of that passing offense uh, without the defense being uh, taking a kind of a big step, a uh, big step forward. So those are the two that I kind of like. Uh, align with uh, this Vikings hypothesis. I like Kirk too. Uh, the defense, it can be better than last year. It can't be like, I mean, they traded away Zadarius Smith who had 80 pressures and 15 sat. Like uh, they can't be dramatically better than they were last year. I, I mean, Flo I think Flores will be much, much better uh, than Ed Donatel, et cetera, but you need talent on defense uh, to, to be a good defense and they just don't have it. Yeah. To be able to make it. Fire um, Murphy slander. I won't stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, any other bets before we get out of here? 
Yeah. I mean, I love the, I think I gave out the Amon Ross St. Brown most receptions 30 to one. Um, oh, hell yeah. So, so I have that. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, honestly, I, I kind of talked myself into a case for uh, like a Vikings. I'm trying to find the odds of the number one seed in the NFC uh, mm. just because I think they're, uh, the NFC is so bad. Um, and I think that kind of if my, my bullish defense case comes to fruition where Brian Flores does make them like a, a 16th best team, I think they can kind of just luck into a spot where I can at least hedge this bet in, you know, week 15 or 16. I'm looking for something like 14, 15 to one there. I'm not sure if I'll be able to find it, but if we can get that, uh, I would like that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like I mean, it's kind of like betting. You could maybe kind of approximate that with a alternate win total, um, but you're not going to get those same kind of odds, uh, obviously, there. Um, I'm surprised you can't find that anywhere. I'm looking right now as well, and I don't I don't see it anywhere. I've definitely um, seen it, uh, which is why. Yeah, you can get their alt win total up to 12 and a half, and that's uh, 650 plus 650. But um, yeah, I like that. I like both those quite a bit. Brad, any others on your end? Now we've given a bunch out uh, before. Aiden Hutchinson under 10.75 stacks, still a market. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you mentioned that one because I was like, I feel like there's one that he's mentioned a bunch. And uh, that was it. That is our podcast. We'll be back with you. Um, we're going to do a full in depth three hour preview of the Hall of Fame game. Uh, no, we're not. Um, but we will be back with uh, the NFC South uh, as we're closing out on division previews. Getting close. Make sure you go sign up and join our Discord and get yourself prepped for the NFL season. It's going to be a good one. We will see you all later this week. Love you. Peace.